It's Monday, February 26th, and you're listening to Met Radio, 1280 AM in Toronto. Good morning. I'm Gabrielle Hilti, and this is Morning Mixtape News. The top stories of today, right now. Ontarians waited half an hour longer at walk-in clinics in 2023 compared to the previous year. The details from a new report. In Toronto, academic workers at York University go on strike today. They say the university isn't addressing cost of living. And in Hamilton, councillors vote to reject affordable housing to save 27 Stony Creek parking spots. Then, Phoebe has a new hidden history segment. And after, sports update plus the weather forecast round off the show. Let's look at the headlines. The average Ontarian at a walk-in clinic likely waited half an hour more in 2023 compared to 2022. Global News reports on new data from tech company Medimap, which connects patients with healthcare clinics. Ontario has the second shortest wait time to see a doctor at a walk-in clinic in the six provinces served by Medimap. Despite this, the report showed an average wait time of 59 minutes to see a physician in 2023. This was an average increase of 34 minutes across Ontario. Patients in Toronto had the longest wait times in walk-in clinics of 72 minutes. London and Hamilton, Ontario had the second and third highest wait times just below 70 minutes. The CEO of Medimap, Thomas Jankowski, said a five-year analysis showed a steady increase in wait times. Brampton was a positive outlier with low average wait times of under 40 minutes in 2023. Jankowski said the increased wait times in walk-in clinics could be due to a lack of doctor supply in family practices. The Ontario Medical Association, OMA, that represents Ontario's doctors, said 2.3 million Ontarians did not have a family doctor in January 2024. The chair of the OMA family practice section said earlier this month that a move to private health care is happening in the province. He described the situation as worsening in the future. Quote, we are heading in that direction, there's no doubt about it. We are heading towards the American model. Ontario's conservative Ford government passed a healthcare reform last May. This allowed more private clinics to offer certain publicly funded surgeries. The bill included an expansion of pharmacists being able to prescribe treatments. The government said the changes were intended to draw some pressures off of the strained hospital system. Medimap operates in British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, and Nova Scotia. Walk-in clinics in Manitoba had the lowest wait times, with those in British Columbia having the longest. In Toronto, academic workers at York University start a strike today. City News and others report 3,000 workers are walking off the job. They include contract instructors, teaching assistants, and graduate assistants. The action comes after a deal wasn't reached with the school's administration. The academic workers say York University isn't helping with the affordability crisis and the rising cost of living. QP3903 spokesperson Aaron McIntosh said in a statement, wages for those working at York have fallen behind. Quote, The employer is still making an offer that is far below the rising cost of living. Who can afford to work at York anymore? McIntosh also said affordability is impacting the quality of education because workers are forced to live farther away and take on multiple jobs. 
York University said talks between administrators and the union are expected to continue. A contingency plan by the university is in place. Individual course instructors will manage any changes to delivery in the first six days of the disruption. The walkout comes five years after academic workers at York went on strike but got legislated back without resolution by the Ford government. A rally is planned for 11 a.m. today outside the York University subway station. Striking workers are expected to be joined by faculty, students, and labor leaders. In Hamilton, councillors rejected a plan for affordable housing on a site that is currently a city parking lot. CBC News reports the proposal would have built 67 new affordable homes on the downtown Stony Creek municipal lot. It would have meant a loss of 27 parking spots that are currently available free of charge. The split 8-8 to vote in the General Issues Committee on Wednesday drew condemnation from Hamilton Mayor Andrea Horwath. A final vote on the issue is planned for this week. Horwath urged councillors to, quote, do the right thing, to build affordable housing. Many local Stony Creek residents opposed the development. They didn't want to lose the only municipal lot in the area that is relied upon by customers of local businesses. A petition submitted to council had over 1,000 signatures, including residents and business groups. Councillor Matt Francis, who represents the ward, also opposes the development. Quote, it's about saving the parking lot in an increasingly busy downtown area. The project would axe 57 of the current 162 spots in the parking lot. It would then add back 30 spaces. Francis told CBC Hamilton he was worried the 30 spots added back wouldn't be open to the public, meaning an effective loss of all of the 57 spots. Mayor Horvath said she hoped some councillors would change their mind before the final vote. She did not rule out using strong mayor powers to overrule council and push the development plan through. Those were your headlines. I'll pass it over to Phoebe with a new segment of Hidden Histories. Good morning. I'm Phoebe and welcome to this week's Hidden History segment, where I talk about interesting historical facts that aren't as widely known. So, February. It's a weird month. It changes its mind every four years about however many days it wants to have, while all the other months consistently have 30 or 31 days within the Gregorian calendar. How did this come to be then? What made February the one month to not have at least 30 days or a consistent number of days every year? That's what I'm here to tell you. To start, a little context. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, before the Gregorian calendar, there was the Roman calendar. Unlike the 12-month Gregorian calendar, the Roman calendar had 10 months. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, a Roman king named Numa Pompilius decided to sync the calendar with the lunar calendar, so he added January and February. The Roman calendar now had 12 months. The Roman calendar had six months that had 30 days, and the remaining four months had 31. That original 10-month calendar counted up to 304 days, which is a nice even number. Thing is, the Roman king didn't like that, as Roman superstition stated that even numbers were unlucky. The 30-day months were also even numbers, making them unlucky. He decided to turn all those months into 29-day months, because odd numbers were lucky. Thing is, he now had 12, an even number of months, with 6 months of 29 days and 4 months of 31 days. The lunar calendar has exactly 354.367 days, which is unlucky. He just decided to split the difference and call it 355. I didn't know this before because I'm not a math person in the slightest, but if you have a sum of an even amount of odd numbers, it will always equal an even number. 
He had 12 months, an even number, each with either 29 or 31 days, both odd numbers. As said before, that was a problem for the Romans. That meant the year had an even number of days, which meant the entire year was bad luck. So he decided to sacrifice a month to have an even number of days. The Romans already had February as their month to have rituals honoring the dead. He must have thought, hey, spooky month already, what's a little bad luck? And so he chose February to have 28 days. This made the number of days in the year odd, and therefore saved the year from what Romans believed was unlucky, the big bad even number. How heroic. After that, the calendar went through a few more adjustments. However, February had been resigned to its 28-day fate. That isn't the full reason for leap years. Leap years have a lot more science behind them, with the very basic explanation, according to the Smithsonian's Air and Space Museum, that the year being 365 days is a rounded number. However, the numbers shaved off by rounding add up, and if those numbers are allowed to add up, it could throw the seasons off. Therefore, leap years keep things in check. There are exceptions, with years meant to be leap years not being leap years, but those usually come at the beginning or end of the century. The next one is in the year 2100. That's all for me this week. As much as this is interesting stuff, I've learned my lesson, and I don't think I'll be doing a math-centric history segment again. My brain can't handle it. With that said, I'm your host, Phoebe, reporting for Met Radio, 1280 AM, Toronto. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Phoebe. Sports update before the weather. The Toronto Raptors play the Indiana Pacers tonight. That's at 7 p.m. in Indianapolis. Raps trying to get a third win in a row for the first time this season. The Toronto Leafs play the Vegas Golden Knights Tuesday at 7 p.m. and they're trying to extend a seven-game winning streak. Looking at the weather, it's sunny and above seasonal. Temperatures going up to 7 degrees with a low of 2. That's everything for today. Thanks for listening to Morning Mixtape News with today's top headlines and stories in just 10 minutes. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Met Radio News to stay posted on all the latest content. For Met Radio, 12 a.m. in Toronto, I'm your host, Gabriel Hilti. We'll be back tomorrow.